Around 750 BC, Israel was invaded by Assyria, the world's superpower, and were taken into captivity. They were removed from their land, politically and economically subject to the king of Assyria. God seemed distant. The days of King David, of the patriarchs, Abraham, Moses, the great rescue from Egypt, seemed like forgotten memories, extinguished by the Assyrian shadow that loomed over them. Everything they had gained had gone. They had strayed from the God that they loved and now felt alienated and lost. But against this backdrop, in this, a seed of hope took root. One man talked of a time to come. Perhaps the promises weren't forgotten. Perhaps God hadn't forgotten them. Perhaps he had a plan. And so hope dawned, like the faintest signs of sunrise against the blackest of nights. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this.
But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times.
Okay, welcome back, everyone. Take a seat if you need to. Super, great. <clears throat> Today, we'll be focusing on the great gift developments. A little later, we also have some exciting announcements to make. But first, uh, uh, maybe you could use a pen. I think it might be a little quicker. <laughs> You'll all be aware that we have implemented the master's plan and have synergized stages one to four. Moving forward, we are very pleased to announce that we have deployed the collaborative deliverables of phase two and the wonderful birth. <laughs> and the wonderful birth has gone perfectly to plan and the Prince of Peace has arrived fully integrated and without any negative functionality. <laughs> Having spent all of time preparing for this mission-critical paradigm, we are delighted that the great gift has finally been given. So, praise the Lord! You could have done one... <laughs> I'd like to invite Charlie from the Angels Elect team to give us some updates. Charlie. Thank you, Malcolm. Yes, I was overseeing the visitation to Mary, and I'm pleased to say that, barring a little matrimonial contract scare with Joseph, it went really well. Now, unfortunately, Gabriel couldn't be here at the conference, but we do have a little interview to tell you about the mission. Oh, it, it was wonderful. Just to be asked was a real blessing. To be part of the Kingdom programme, it, it is just the best. The actual delivery of the message to Mary, well, that was a bit tricky. Partly because I discovered this great bakery near Nazareth. Oh, the stolen bread. I've not had anything like that for centuries. Oh, sorry. No, no, I, I have had some experience announcing unlikely births. I was chosen to announce John the Baptist's birth to Zacharias and Elizabeth. And they were well old. But Mary, well, Mary was a young girl, which is a different story. And all things considered, she took the news very well indeed. It's not every day someone like me tells you you're going to have a baby. Have I told you the time I had to go and see Moses? Now, Charlie, you were also involved in supporting Joseph's visitation. That's right, Malcolm. Now, with Joseph, we tried something a little different. So he was actually visited in a dream. <gasps> Another example of our modern interface platforms. Innovate, integrate, incubate. Yes, that's right, Malcolm. 
Well, thank you, Charlie, and thanks to Charlie's Angel. <laughs> we now have some very exciting news. This time, it's an announcement and visitation combined. Ooh. Here is the Angel-elect secretary to announce the details. Thank you, Malcolm. We have just been given the all-clear to visit a group of shepherds just outside Bethlehem. We're going big on this one. Mm. There's going to be a host and a multitude for this exciting nighttime mission. And today, I'm pleased to be able to announce the lead angel for the glory to God in the highest praise team. Ooh. So, without further ado, the lead angel is... shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Assyria fell to Babylon. Babylon fell to Persia. Persia to Greece and Greece to Rome. And through it all, Israel remained subject to these world powers. They hoped and longed for the day that God would rescue them. Some took it upon themselves to instigate riots and uprisings. And some felt the heavy hand of Rome. 
others just decided to live within the systems. They hoped and waited for a Messiah, one who would come. Centuries of expectations, of looking, of waiting, centuries in the making. And then he came. But not with an army, not with political or military force, not with all the acclaim. But instead, to an unknown family in a simple stable, with a muffled cry, glorious light burst into the world.
you like to take a seat? Morning, everyone. We uh, we seem to be running a little behind schedule, as uh, Malcolm seems to be running a little bit late. Um, but don't worry, we'll get started as soon as possible. I know. I know. Why don't we get Jamie to talk all about the shepherd's visitation? Oh, How about that? Great idea, Jamie. Oh, oh! Ooh. It was amazing. Oh. The Lord's glory shone, oh. and it was big glory. You know, I've never been part of such a massive praise team before. Oh, it really was a great company of angels. And the heavenly hosts were amazing. Oh. Yeah, so, so tell me all about your favourite bits. What were your highlights? You know, I think the best bit was when the shepherds saw what we had said was true, they ran off telling everyone all about it, which is amazing. They actually got that Jesus had come for everyone. I love the fact that the first people God chose to meet the Lord of Lords and King of Kings were these dirty, smelly, possibly criminal shepherds. <laughs> everyone, everyone is invited to meet Jesus. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. Malcolm? Oh. Oh, hello, Charlie. Um, have you seen the time? Time? Oh, Charlie, we're in heaven. Here there is no time. That's one of the many wonderful things about heaven. We can never be early or late for anything. Right. It's just that you did organise the feedback conference for the shepherd's visitation and everyone is waiting for you. Oh. Yeah, yes, of course. Uh, I'll be there right away. I'll just finish my coffee. <laughs> hot, hot. That's very hot. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, well, uh, right, well, thank you all for um, being on uh, time. Uh, <laughs> right, well, uh, the minutes for the uh, last meeting. Uh, well, uh, we, we, we don't really need minutes or hours or days. <laughs> uh, right, but uh, feedback for the shepherds. Yes, uh, washing their socks, uh, washing their flocks, uh, watching their flocks. <laughs> Malcolm, are you all right? Uh, yes, uh, no, I, I, I'm a little worried things aren't quite going to plan. You don't have to worry. God's timing is just right. The Kingdom programme, it's about God and his plan, his glorious great plan to save the people that he created and loves. And he has everything under control. You don't think that he would send his one and only son to be a helpless, dependent child without a plan? No, 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 I don't suppose he would, no. Do you know what our name is in Greek? Uh, Latin, yes, not so hot on the Greek. <laughs> Angelos. Angelos. And it simply means messenger. Malcolm, God just needs you to help spread his message. That's right. And what a great message it is. 
that God so loves the world that he has given his one and only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's quite simple when you think about it. <laughs> simple, yet glorious. <laughs> now, oh. <laughs> oh, Malcolm, we've got an unexpected speaker. Oh, uh, well, send them on, send them on. Hope it's okay, I've been asked to do a few announcements. <laughs> oh, we love announcements here, don't we? Oh, yes, that'll be great. And just so you know, all of the angels here have been hand-chosen by God and expertly trained to give history-changing announcements. <laughs> so, off you go. Oh, okay then. I should do my best. Here goes. Well, I just first of all want to say how great it is to all be together this evening to celebrate this wonderful um, festive season. And if you're brand new here, first time, or you're visiting, or you're here every week, we are really glad that you're here. And we'd love you to come back. We meet every Sunday, and we have loads of things going on in the week as well. So there really is something for everybody. Um, there should be flies on your seats, and that will give you more details about times and all of that. Also, just to mention, though, this um, Christmas, on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, we're only meeting in the mornings. Um, so don't turn up in the evenings. You may be wondering what it is that we believe and why Jesus and faith are so relevant to us today. And we've got a couple of booklets that hopefully will help you with that. The first one is Why Christmas? And it's just a simple explanation of uh, why we believe what we believe. And the second one is Changing Lives. And this is a bunch of stories from people in the life of the church, just ordinary, everyday people, who have met and encountered Jesus. And he really has transformed their lives. So both are a great read. And you can pick those up on the way out tonight completely free. And uh, finally from me, we're going to take a break in a moment. And there'll be two baskets coming round. The first one is an opportunity for us to give financially to a charity called Tear Fund, who do incredible work with the poor all over the world in some really desperate uh, situations. And the second basket is full of chocolates, so do help yourself to one of those. So before we do that, we'll just pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for all the uh, celebrations that we have. And Lord, yet in the busyness and the excitement and all the ups and downs that is Christmas, we just pray that we will keep our eyes focused on what it's all about, about you, Jesus, about you coming and changing everything so we can have a relationship with you today. Amen. You right there? Hello. If you don't know me, my name's John. Um, I work here. I hope you're having a good evening so far. Um, and uh, we're going to crack on with singing a few more carols in a bit, but I've just got a few words to share with you first. Um, and I'd love to start by inviting you to fast forward in your mind a few weeks' time and imagine that you are doing one of my least favourite post-Christmas jobs, which is uh, putting the bin out after Christmas. Because it's always, there's always a lot of stuff in the bin, isn't there? And then they always change the collection date so I usually forget it then so you end up with four weeks worth of rubbish and bin juice in there and you have to do that thing where you um sort of climb in the bin and jump on it to make it go get everything in and it just to drag it out you practically dislocate your shoulder and I think the council are just going to refuse to take this away due to manual handling regulations so 
you're doing that and you bump into your neighbour who's doing the same and they ask you the question, so how was Christmas? And I wonder how would you answer that question? Would you, would you be likely to say cosy or crazy or uh, exciting or maybe expensive um, or maybe stressful or, or even lonely? I guess it would vary from, from person to person, but I, I wonder if there'd be many of us who would say glorious and not in like a sarcastic way. I'm guessing probably not that many of us, but most of us would probably admit that Christmas does have a way of generating at least glorious little moments, doesn't it? Like, like when you watch the kids in the, in the nativity play with the little tea towels on their head, um, or when you open the twiglets up, or better still, the Baileys, um, buying the Radio Times, um, or just dragging a dead tree into your living room and covering it with shiny things. <laughs> Which is a bit weird when you say it like that, isn't it? For me, um, don't judge me about this, but one of my favourite glorious moments that I do some years is I put cream instead of milk um, on my shreddies at Christmas. <laughs> Only single cream, obviously, double would be indulgence. Um, but I know that on previous Christmas carol services, I've shared with you some of the more traumatic moments that shaped my Christmases growing up. Like the year that I was so excited about getting a BMX that I vomited. Um, and the year that I ruined the dinner by shoving a tube of Rolos up the turkey's bottom before it went in the oven. <laughs> True story. But this year I wanted to share with you a more positive memory. Um, in 1984, Lego released construction set number 6080. It had 669 pieces, 12 minifigures, and it was truly glorious. The Legoland King's Castle. You can build this castle and play with it for days. But you've only started. The box shows other ways to build these mighty castles. Where knights and horses stand. Or joust around to have some fun or march across the land. Each day there's adventure. Always something new. And the team that dreams tomorrow up is Legoland in you. There are six more castle sets you can collect. Each sold separately. King's Castle is part of the Legoland Castle Collection and has hundreds of bricks for building. From Lego Systems. There are other brands of toys available, we should just mention that. Now, I was about five years old at the time, and um, that Lego set represented everything that I wanted in life. And so when I woke up to see it there on Christmas morning, it was one of the few moments in life where real life is as good as an advert. And so I wanted to give you a sense of that. So um, I managed to find the Lego recently and reenact it for you. <laughs> really... It's for the kids' benefit, really. <laughs> it was a glorious moment because it was a cool toy. But at the end of the day, it was just a toy. And so eventually the glory of that moment did fade because really it was just a little plastic king in a little plastic castle. And that's the thing about so much of the Christmas experience, certainly the experience that we go and buy in the shops each year. Um, it's glorious and it's great, but it fades because it's relatively superficial. I think like, a really good example of that is Christmas dinner. You know, it's all the anticipation, but then in the space of 45 minutes, it goes from fabulous to flatulence. <laughs> and, and I don't know whether you've like, found yourself, seriously though, looking around on Boxing Day at the pine needles on the floor and the fridge full of leftovers and all the empty wrapping papers and, and wonder to yourself, so why exactly do we do this every year? All the, all the expense, all the stress. Is there actually a point to it all? And I guess the big idea that I really want to share tonight is that I really do believe 
There is a point to Christmas. There's a meaning that's profound and has implications for every single one of us. I'd, I'd say that if you've been invited along here tonight, then ultimately it's the reason that you were invited. And the essence of that point, that meaning, is summed up in, in these words from the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, I know probably in this room there'll be a fair few Bible geeks, um, but there'll also be uh, a lot of you who've never really read much of the Bible before. So just to get everyone sort of on the same page and, and summarize this book a little bit, this book's all about God, and it tells us God's story. And it's a story of a glorious God who created a glorious universe, from the glorious stars in the sky to this glorious planet, um, and from the glorious beasts of the field to all the different animals in creation, um, <laughs> including whatever that, whatever that thing is. But the, the point is he made it. And we might debate about exactly how he made it, but what is evidently clear in this story is why he made it. He made it to showcase his glory, his light, and his life. And when he'd made all of these things, he decided to create something that would be more glorious yet, the pinnacle of his creation, his showstopper, God's masterpiece. And that, of course, is you. See, humanity, he created us special because uniquely we were created in his image for this glorious purpose of not just reflecting his light and his life, but reflecting his love as well. But the big twist in the plot of the story, though, is that eventually humanity lost sight of that purpose. They, got, they lost their way a bit and they decided that they didn't want all of the glory to be reflected back to God. They wanted to keep some of it back for themselves. And so one day they made a rebellious decision to reach out and snatch some of it. And for the first time, this perfect world became tainted with pride and greed. And the problem was that decision, it led to another and another and another and another. And over time, this world became the place that we experience today in our lives. It became the world that we've seen in 2017 when we switch on the telly and see the stuff that's going on. A world that's really torn between, between wonderful things but also terrible things, between light and dark and peace and pain. And all of this, it broke God's heart because it wasn't what we were made for. And so the story unfolds and God saw what, what became of his perfect world. He saw the suffering and the poverty and the injustice. He saw the slavery, the fighting, the terrorism, the wars. And the Christmas story is about how God reached a point where, where he wasn't willing to watch from afar any longer. He had to step in. For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son. See, this story, this baby in a manger, is about how Jesus, the king of this universe, stepped into this world on a mission to reach out and restore it and rescue it, whatever it cost him. See, the glory of Christmas doesn't lie in little plastic kings in plastic castles. It lies in a real-life king who walked and talked and laughed and cried and lived a glorious life. It wasn't so much glorious by the measures that we tend to use. He wasn't born in a palace or a castle. He was born in a mucky stable and laid in an animal's feeding trough and entrusted into the arms of this destitute poor teenage girl who was the object of some scandalous rumours at the time. The only, the only crown that this king ever wore on his head was a, was a crown of thorns that they mockingly pressed into his brow 
on the day he died. And instead of sitting him on a throne, they hung him on a cross. You see, his life was glorious in a, in a different sense. It was glorious in the way that he loved humanity with a sacrificial love. It was glorious in the way that he spoke truth and he challenged injustice and he reached out and touched people's lives, especially the marginalized, the broken, the people who society judged, the people who religious um, types judged. But all kinds of people, really, from, from the poor to the wealthy, from the sick to the healthy, people like you and people like me. He had power to heal and set the world free with this costliest love. It was bittersweet yet divine that would spur even me to break out into rhyme. <laughs> now his life was glorious because he changed the lives of people around him and in doing so, he changed the world. And what's more, it's 2,000 years on now and he's still changing the world because he's still the king and he's still changing lives. Um, on the way out, I, I really would encourage you to pick up one of those books that Helen mentioned, Changing Lives. It's just a collection of stories, people from here describing their experience of this. They're, they're free, by the way. And um, I love the way Alice in, in the book puts it. She says that um, when she started her journey of following Jesus, it was as though her life went from black and white into color. And, and I know what she means. For me, it was about 15, 16 years ago, I went on a journey a bit like that. And I'd say that Prior to that, I, I, th I believe that there probably was a God, I think, but I, I never really felt like I knew him. And I felt like it was probably important to be a good person, but I never knew exactly how good I was supposed to be. And, and I think that left me with a feeling of uncertainty, like as, as though there was something missing in my life. And it was only when I, when I came back to the person of Jesus, read about him in this book, came to understand who he was and how he felt about me, that I came to the realization that it was only Jesus who could fill that void in my life that I've been trying to fill with so many things. And that was when my life restarted, really, and I began a new journey, and it's changed everything. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not as though my life's perfect now by any means, and nor am I. Um, as you're aware, I've got some control issues around Lego and um, poor discipline when it comes to dairy products. But my life has got richer. And my friendships have got deeper. And I cry more these days and I laugh more as well. And I've, I've seen God do amazing things and turn other people's lives around in the same way so many times now that I ran out of rational explanations for this years ago. I guess the thing that I want to say most of all is that if you're here and you're yet to figure out what you believe about God, what, whatever you've heard about him, the God that you read about in this book and the God who came to us at Christmas, he loves you more than you can understand. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, whatever your lifestyle is, and he longs for you to have a glorious life, both now and forever. And that for me is a reason to celebrate this, this story and this season. It's a reason to share food and gifts with friends and family and build Lego and put cream on my shreddies. And, and I wanna pray that you would have a glorious Christmas like that. I pray that you would be able to turn to your neighbour in a few weeks' time and report without any sarcasm that it had been glorious. But most of all, I pray that at some point in all the craziness, you'll have a moment to reflect, maybe for the first time, on how incredible this story is. That God so loved the world that he came and he lived and he loved and he died for us 
so that we might experience a life, so that you might experience a life filled with joy and glorious hope. Happy Christmas.
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. We're moving at close to 1,000 miles an hour. The Earth and all of us on it are in a constant state of motion, suspended and spinning on an axis. Moving, flowing, spinning. And not by some unplanned phenomenon. God planned it all, set it out from the beginning, created something from nothing, from darkness and void. He commanded light, and it was so. Separated the land from the water. He hung the sun and the moon and scattered the stars, each to rule over time. He burst fish into the seas and designed birds to fly the expanse of the heavens. He crafted bone and formed flesh, and the beasts roamed. Then, for his final masterpiece, he sculpted his greatest love, made to rule over all he had designed. He breathed life into us, created in his image, by him, for him, and he was so pleased. But things weren't that simple. Change came, and with it came burden, fear, and shame. A perfect design broken, shattered into pieces. But there was a flicker of light. God had promised a saviour, a great beacon to burn through the darkness, a messiah to bring restoration, to carry the weight of all that was wrong. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no more fear. A love that has no limits, grace so undeserved, he came to make everything new, sent to set us free.
you'd like to stay standing, just join me again expressing, you know, so many people for so long have poured creativity and effort and time into doing all that we've seen tonight. So thank you all for everything on the stage and off the stage. We're really grateful. So as we finish, we're going to finish with a blessing. But before that, just to let you know that the area over there is going to be opened up. We've got free refreshments. First of all, we've got hot mulled apple juice. And we've got mince pies and custard, free for everybody. Also, the bar will be open, so do stick around and have a drink. We'd love to connect with many of you. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding... Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his dear Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you and all your loved ones, wherever they may be, tonight and for always. And the people said, Amen. Amen.